Blog Talk Radio. time with Pastor Steph. to hear, that's what I like to hear, for this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday we were shaking the Monday morning blues with the due time crew, and we started talking about the Virginia woman who was convicted of killing her two daughters, 15 and 5 years old, because she was angry with her ex-husband. Yes, we have uh, Veronica Youngblood, 37, who admitted that she killed her two children because she wanted to get revenge on her husband. Now, afterwards, she tried to plead mental illness, but they weren't healing for hearing that. She tried to plead PTSD. They weren't hearing that either. You know, as her 15-year-old daughter lay dying right beside her, she called her ex-husband, told him she hated him, and she had shot the kids to get back at him. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, but the biggest talk of the morning was the Michigan town's first female cop who oof, is now suing uh, her Mountain Police Department because she uh, mm, she says that she had to endure sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, and a hostile work environment. Now, let me just say that her first allegation. Um, that of, of sexual harassment and discrimination she brought up was the fact that 
You know, she had to, you know, be initiated into the police department by taking shots and having to kiss her higher up after they were in a bar drinking and he took the shot to prove himself and he took the shot and then <laughs> he kissed a male co-worker showing her, you know, hey, there ain't nothing to this you have to do this, so guess what she did it too and then, you know, he commenced to putting his hand between her legs and grabbing her genitals, she said well at a later date she, uh, another allegation comes from the fact that she, you know, had a former patrol partner and was driving him home from the bar. And he made her touch his genitals over his pants as she drove him home. She was the driver. Yes, you heard me. She was the driver. But the biggie. The biggie, the biggie, the biggie was the fact that um, hmm, after she went to the same former partner's home watch a movie with his wife and his, you know, current partner, that when the wife excused herself from the room, that the ex-partner grabbed her hand, got her downstairs, and pressured her to have oral sex, perform oral sex. Now, these were all of the times that she said she either experienced sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, or was forced to work in a hostile work environment. Now... I worked for a little over 30 years. I'd had several jobs. And, uh, I mean, I may not have been the sexiest thing in the, you know, all location. But I uh, have a hard time believing this stuff here. You know, ladies, we talked very serious yesterday. And when you are in a particular position that you feel you did not create for yourself. You know, once you're out, you're out. You know, you have a woman here who claims that she was in a bar and she was forced to do some things that she wasn't, you know, pleased with. Then stop going to the bar with these people. Stop being alone with these men. The only time you are responsible for being with these people are during work hours. Whatever your work shift is, that is the only time you are mandated to be with these gentlemen. Now, whether they acted like gentlemen or not is something else. But at least you wouldn't be doing anything to either create a hostile or, or, or uh, what, what do I want to say? Hmm. An environment, 
you did not contribute to anything. And I'm not saying, you know, that women contribute. We're, we're confining my comments to this particular case. You know, you can't go to a bar and drink and expect the men to keep their head. You know, when when the, your higher-up showed you then who he was and what he was about, you have a decision to make. If you're going to stay on this job, then you need to stay out of the ball with these people. So then you move on to accusing your former partner of, you know, you driving him home. You know, maybe he called you because he needed some help. Maybe he drank too much and he needed some help. And maybe you the one who, you know, could come and pick him up and, you know, drop him home or whatever. Okay. Well, then go do that. But when he shows you that he can't be trusted either, because while you're driving him home from the bar, Clearly, somebody don't have their head on straight. So if you did have your head on straight and he didn't have his head on straight and he reaches over while you're driving and he forces you to touch his genitals, that would be the last time. Remember now, he's your former partner. You wouldn't have to worry about me being with you anymore because you're already a former partner. So I don't have to be involved with you at all. Okay. So after he, you know, you know, makes this bad move in the car with you, you then go and watch movies with him and his wife? Because, see, I'm already having a problem with the fact that you drove him home while you were drinking. I'm sorry. You drove him home on the way from the bar. So, like I said, I gave you the pass and said, well, maybe, you know, he couldn't get himself home. Well, he had a wife to call. Uh, that third incident messed it up for you with me. So you, after this, you go home, you go to his home to spend time with his wife and him and another partner of his. And while the wife steps away, he grabs you and guides you to the basement. Well, at what point did you realize that the direction to the basement wasn't a place where you needed to be? Because you couldn't guide Stephanie anywhere. I don't understand this thing here. And then you, he pressured you to, you know, to, to perform a sexual act? How does somebody pressure you when you in their house voluntarily? I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having problems with this story, ladies and gentlemen. I'm having problems. I'm having problems with the story. You know, so we went down the line and, you know, we played, is this sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, or hostile work environment game? And, uh, nah. No, 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 and no. All right. Come on, ladies, let's let's keep our heads on straight. You know, don't fall for the okey-doke. Please don't fall for the okey-doke. You know, make sure that, you know, if you get caught out there, you know, expecting 
to do something that you're not comfortable with, and that happens all the time. That happens all the time. You know, you somewhere, it could be even be with a female. I mean, just period. I'm not talking about anything sexual. I'm not talking about anything in, in a particular area. I'm just talking about, you know, you're out with somebody, and, and when you look up, they're doing something. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I did not sign up for this. Then pack your stuff up and get to stepping. All right? All right. So come on. Let's get this together. Well, we could not finish off the Monday morning without our switch tip with Shanties. Stop trying to prove yourself to people. And like I said yesterday, uh, there you go. I don't know what she was trying to prove. You know, maybe she was trying to prove that she could hang. You know, I, you know that's that's what this is. You know, a lot of this was probably about. Remember, now she's the first female officer in this police department, so you know she feels like she's got a lot to prove. Well, you do, but you would have a lot to prove. Period. That you were the right employee for the job. You were the right person for the job. That's all we ever need to prove in a workplace. That we are the right. People for the job that whatever I'm bringing to the table, you chose the right one. That you know you could have chosen other people, but you chose me. Well, guess what? Doesn't that sound like our relationship with the Lord? That that's the way that our relationship with the Lord. That's what it should be like. You know, God chose me. He chose me. I always tell, you know, the people in the church, I said, look around, look around, just look around, just look around the church. Do you see your mama sitting up in here? Your brother, sister? Your best friend? God chose you. Now, how are you going to prove to God that he made the right decision? How are you going to prove that? Well, stop trying to prove yourself to people and wasting your time, you know, pulling your hair out. You know, you, you, you've seen that in people where they just break their neck trying to make it happen. And you're really exhausting yourself going down this road. Come on, come on, come on, okay? So let's get... So that's how we spent our Monday. Well, today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday, Church Folk Day. And we have some stuff to talk about. Oh, yes, we do. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. disability is not inability. A person's ability may be different, but still an ability. No matter one's race or age, no matter one's physical or mental condition, we all have limitless possibilities. For more than 100 years, Easter Seals has helped the one in four people with disabilities in America live, work, learn, and play. I'm Angela Williams, CEO of Easter Seals. 
Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And today is Let's Talk About a Tuesday Church Folk Day. Yeah. Ooh, well, we sure do have a lot to talk about. So, uh, come on and join me. Come on and join me. Well, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're at it again. We're at it again. Oh, boy. We're at it again. You know, it was very late when I... I told y'all I don't watch the news. Oh, it was very late when I got the news of the Nashville shooting. Now, let me just tell you the irony here of this. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you how God moves. Remember I tell you, God deals with me very heavily. Last year... Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Last year, you know, we have the prayer, the Word Prayer Project. And last year, we, you know, I don't get the, I don't get the topic until about 7. I really, the topic doesn't come to me because I really don't focus on anything. You know, about 7 o'clock, you know, when it's time to send out the announcement, I get the topic of what we're going to pray about. So, on May 22nd, the Lord gave me to pray for schools, teachers, students, and parents. That's the date of May 22nd of 2022. And that was Sunday. On Tuesday, the Uvalde shooting took place in Texas where the young man went in and shot up the school. And I said to God, I was like, We just prayed about that on Sunday. It's very thing. And two days later, the shooter takes place. And the Lord said, it would have been worse had you not prayed. And I was like, wow. Because in my head, I was like, you know, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, our prayers are all that powerful. It touches like the world and all of that kind of stuff, you know. But it does. It does. It does, you know, because... We don't pray for New York City. You know, we don't pray for Alabama necessarily. We don't pray for Jersey. We pray for the world. And I was like blown away. I was like, we just prayed about this very thing. So yesterday, well, not yesterday. Let's go. Let's, over the weekend, like Friday-ish, Thursday, Friday-ish, Shantisa and I were talking about the teachers 
and all the stuff we, we we've been talking about on the news and you know stuff like that, you know, on uh here on this due time, and we're like, you know what? How about blah blah blah? So yesterday we were at a school. <laughs> Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yesterday, yesterday, we were out of school. We were at my youngest daughter's high school, the high school she graduated from, and called the parent coordinator who was there then, and she's still there now, and I called her for one thing, and then we ended up talking about another thing on Friday and she was like when can you get over here so it ended up being yesterday yesterday morning we spent a couple hours with her and right before we left I said oh by the way and I presented her with a an idea And she was like, I like it. She said, this is what I need you to do. And when we went into school, (laughs) this, we, we, there were, there were three chairs. (laughs) And when we finished signing in, there was a young lady, a student who was sitting in one of the three chairs. So the safety officer, the other safety officer, says to her, well, so-and-so, you're going to have to get up. So you should have seen the look on her face when he said, oh, you're going to have to get up. Called her by name. So that was the first part of my head. Why does he know your name? And she, the look she gave him. So I joked with her and I said, well, so-and-so, I said, you're going to make the old lady stand. She turned around and she had this, oh my goodness, this nasty look on her face. And she said, I work just like you do. I was like, whoa. Wow. I mean, when I tell you, if she could have sliced my throat, she would have slit my throat. And... Shantice says something to the effect of something like, well, you're going to have me fighting up in here. And I'm, I was so annoyed with her. I was so, oh, my goodness, I was so annoyed with her. And I was like, why are you there? I was like, I, keep, I told y'all before, they, they, they want to fight. I'm like, why are you there? How did you get there? Are you any better than her right now? You just please don't talk to these people. Please don't talk to these kids because you won't have me fighting out here. I'm like, I'm a grown woman. I I know how to handle myself. I said that right there, that didn't bother me where I wanted to, like, smack her or punch her in the face. I mean, she needed that. But that's not where my head went. Where my head went was like, Yo, we got there at like 11 o'clock yesterday morning. And first of all, what job you been on? You sitting up in the chair. 
What job you been on in this 11 o'clock in the morning and you couldn't be on a job? Remember, y'all, this is my background. You couldn't be on no job during school hours. So if you were on a job, and, 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 and the law does not allow, if you were in school at a, at a, at a certain age, you're not allowed to work later than a certain hour because you're in school. So I'm like, well, well what school, what work you going to? And, you know, if I had a different head, like Shanti's, you know, I'd be ready to fight too. But it's, that is not where my head went. My head went to, these kids are really twisted and troubled. Y'all always hear me say, why everybody, Why are they so mad? I just don't get it. All these kids are just mad, mad, mad. Now, we know, we read the news, we talk about the news. These kids got reason to be angry coming out of certain homes. We get that. But everybody ain't coming out of a bad home. But when I tell y'all the look, I mean, and, and she turned around, I work just like you do. I would say you ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you can match up to me in anything you do in, what you, 16, 17 max? You can't match up to me. And I'm disabled. So no matter what I do, you can't compare yourself to Stephanie. Go sit out somewhere. But it was, I was just like, wow, that's the kind of attitude. I didn't even look at it with that kind of attitude you had toward me. Just that was just your attitude, period. And I'm saying to myself, what in the world? So when we were leaving, the last thing I said to the lady, I mentioned something about the school thing, blah, 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 an idea. And lo and behold, last night, what do I hear? Shantice actually sent me the, um, the news about the, the, the shooting in Nashville. So you have this 28-year-old young lady who they say, you know, I watched the news, um, news report as well before I actually read, you know, the article. And she actually shot through the door. That's how she got access. At least that's what I got, you know, from the, you know, news reports that I, you know, the news report that I heard. And you go into school and you shoot up to school and you shoot three nine-year-old children and three of the staff workers, you know, the staff members in the school. And I'm saying to myself, why are these kids so mad? What are y'all so mad about? That regardless of what you were upset about, these babies had to eat that anger. What, what did they do to you that you that they had to pay? What did any arbitrary children in your world, in this world, what have they done that they had to eat your anger? You know, even because they said this was calculated. This wasn't like, you know, some of the other um, school shootings where, you know, the people, the kids or whoever was just mad, they just went up and they just picked a school. No, they said that this was targeted, and they're trying to figure out exactly 
you know, what happened? Boy, you can't ask her nothing now. Because they said when, when they started pulling up the police, she started shooting at the cars. So she's armed with two assault rifles, one handgun, and yet again, this is the hot topic sitting up all over the place about these weapons, and she's got two assault rifles and a handgun that she's operating with, and that's how she goes up in the school, and or what she takes up in the school, and kills these six, these six people and some other some other individuals um you know could have been killed some police officers could have, could have been killed because they said that as they were driving up she was shooting she was shooting at them so you know they could have been killed. Because as you drive, and we see this all the time on TV, you know, you got this mass shooter, and they're, you know, shooting as soon as the police officers drive up, they, they dying because they didn't shot up in the cars. So they say she was wearing her camouflage pants, a black vest, and a backward red baseball cap. And they say, that, you know, she's walking through the hallways with her weapon already drawn, and they say, because they're looking at the footage from the school, and they say at one point, you know, she can be seen walking in and out of the church office and down the hallway past the children's ministry, and, you know, they they have some, you know, they, they're making this, this is a real big topic, a part of this, and I'm trying to figure out what the connection is. But they were saying that um, they said there's some confusion about her gender identity. So she's a girl, but she, you know, dresses as a, a male. And they're saying that she appeared as a boy. They thought it was a boy, but in actuality, it was a young lady. And... um so that caused a, a level of confusion for them because they didn't even know that it was a woman. So you have these three nine-year-old children. You have 61-year-old substitute teacher, a custodian who was 60 years old and another, I'm oh, sorry, 61-year-old and another 60-year-old um, individual who were all murdered and you know, there was a Christian school, so, you know, you're definitely not believing that, you know, you're going to have any of this going on. They're saying, again, that they really believe that this was targeted, that this attack was targeted. They're really trying to, you know, talk to individuals and things like that. Well... <laughs> They said that she had a map drawn or how, you know, this was all going to go down. And uh, they said they have a theory, but they're not revealing the theory yet. But they said it was about 200 students in the school. And she used to attend that school. 
So it only goes to the sixth grade. She's she's 28 years old. She was 28 years old, so she had been in that school a minute. But for whatever the reason is, you know, she targeted that school and those children. And, you know, this is just heartbreaking because we can't seem to get out of this. We can't seem to get away from this. They say, I came across another article where they're saying that one of the little girls who was a victim, her, he's the, the, she's the daughter of the, the school's pastor. And, you know, this is, this is going to hit, you know, this community big time. Because, you know, when you go to these, these smaller towns and things like that, it's like everybody knows your name, everybody knows who's who, they all go to the same church and, you know, so forth and so on. And, you know, especially being that this was calculated, you know, they're like, whoa, you know, what's, you know, what, what's, what's the deal? What's the deal? The headmistress of the school was, you know, one of the, one of the um, victims as well. Now, I have a, a part of this story that is really quite interesting. Let me pull it up. So they say they had connected with the father, and they wanted to start talking to him. But they got to the mother, and they were talking to mom. And here's, here's the interesting part of their conversation. They said that the mother tells them that she was a gun control activist who urged her friends on Facebook to sign a petition calling to keep the firearms out of schools. (laughs) So how we get here? At one point, you're, you're, you're trying to round up and rally up people to keep this from happening, but yet you end up being the perpetrator in this particular incident, excuse me, incident. So they say back in March of 2018, she, the mother shows some kind of petition that this Audrey had um called Keep Guns Out of School, and she says that was from, like, the Sandy Hook Promise Foundation. And they they said that this is supposedly something that she was really passionate about, and she was, you know, trying to work with the Sandy Hook Promise that urges that was urging, rather, lawmakers to make large-capacity gun magazines illegal. So you, Audrey, walk up in the school with two assault rifles and a handgun. Mm. So 
they're really twisted now because they're like, well, then how did you go from one extreme to the next? So they're saying in all the Facebook posts from several years back that the mother's showing, you know, this is how she had been uh, posting. And, you know, she's talking about how she raised, she has two children, she's talking about how she raised two kids. The Audrey, the shooter, had a brother. Um, there's only two of them. And saying that um, she had wrote a book, and uh, she had written a book, and, you know, she, she claimed she was she loved God in the book. And this this is just, like, really... You know, the mother's really pushing this. You know, I was so proud of her because she stood for so much. And, you know, she seemed to have her head on. I'm just not understanding. Now, listen, listen, listen. Let's go back a little bit. Let's go back a little bit. I have always said to you, you have heard me say a many a day, Pastor Steph has always said, I told my kids from when they were little, I said, listen here, you better make sure you talk to me and let me know what's going on because, God forbid, anything happen up out there in that street, I will not be walking around with a picket sign that says, free Shantese, free Shawnees, free Tamasia. Nope, not until I find out exactly what was going on. Because I'm trying to figure out, are your parents who have had these children go out and and commit these mass murders that you really didn't know that they were capable of this kind of stuff? You really didn't know that they were just mad like this? Because how in the world you contain this kind of anger? You don't show that you have the potential of going postal, if you will, or losing your cool to this degree. I mean, there's just no sign. I, I, I just, I don't, you know, as a parent, as a parent of three, Shantice was talking the other day And she she said Let me show you This is the kind of tip I was on as a mother Single mother She brought up the fact That I tore her up one day Yes, 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 yes I said Can't forgive me for now Everybody grown We all Oh, I'm old Can't, you know I tore her up When she was younger And I said to her (laughs) I said, listen she said, well, I didn't even do anything. The teacher had claimed she had done X, Y, and Z. And I could see where she could have possibly done that. Knowing Shantice, I was like, mm, I wouldn't be surprised if she did. Now, I didn't have no proof because he or she said that Shantice did, and Shantice is over there saying she didn't do it. So she got it. She got it. And Shantice said that I told her, well, you know what? I gave it to you just in case. And she was like, what kind? What was that? Yep, just in case. If if you didn't do it, you'll think about it the next time. 
when the possibility of it coming through your mind, it started trickling in your brain, you would be saying, wow, this is how mommy handled that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And look where she is now. She's giving you your switch tip every week. She's 37 years old, and she survived. Because I just didn't play that. I, when I used to have to, I think Tamasia was the one I had to go to school for the most. And when those teachers started talking about Tamasia, I was like, mm-hmm, that's her. Mm-hmm, that's her. We went to the school yesterday, and everybody knew Tamasia. The teachers that that lady uh, talked about, talked to, passed us, pastor, in, coming in and out the office, it was like, you remember Tamasia? Showed the picture. Oh, I remember Tamasia. One teacher even remembered Tamasia danced. So I knew she knew Tamasia. Tamasia always made an impact where she went. So when I had to go to school, when the teachers called me, I was like, mm-hmm, that sounds just like her. So I don't understand how these parents don't know. So, of course, now mom is on the news and mom is giving all of the reporters all of this flowery stuff about a child, and I'm not saying that that Audrey did not exemplify or do some of these things that Mom, you know, brought up. Now it's quite contrary to what Audrey ended up doing. Now, how you go talk about I'm fighting to you know for for gun laws gun control laws, that guns don't end up in school, and you end up being a shooter yourself? How did this script get flipped like this? You ain't, you claim you all that close to your child. Y'all ain't never had a conversation. And Audrey said, Mom, I know I, I, I posted, you know, at one point that there shouldn't be guns in school, but you know what? Them kids need a gun. A belt ain't good enough. Then you just need to shoot them. Something. Something. Somebody needs to help me with this because this is not making any sense to me. Remember the the other young boy who killed the, remember he shot the grandmother? Shot the grandmother. The grandmother lived, thank God. Shot the grandmother and then went to the school. I think it was that the Uvalde boy. He then went to school and shot up the school. Yeah, and when you talk to mom, I was like, well, why were the grandparents raising him if he wasn't all that bad? Why, why you couldn't take care of him? You know, he had been a, a troubled child, and there were the grandparents. So now you didn't pass him over to the grandparents, and he didn't shot the grandmother in the face. And then he went to the school and killed the innocent people, including the children, innocent children. So they, you know, I, I don't know if a, you know, something happened in the school when she went to the school, and now there's some PTSD going on. We don't know what happened because, unfortunately, again, she can't tell the story. But I need to talk to my dude, Tom Kruger. We will talk about some other church news because I got some other stories that, ah, honey, honey, we got some stuff to talk about today. So let's start with our Pastor Charlotte. Where's Pastor Charlotte? my Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. How are you today, my dear? I am well, thank you. I am well, thank you. How are you? I got one eye half open and the other one closed. 
I haven't really slept yet. But I'm here. <laughs> oh, while you ill? You know, I I don't know. It, I just couldn't sleep. I just couldn't sleep. Not going on. I just couldn't sleep. But I'm here. Okay. Amen. Amen. You know, Pastor Charlotte, again, you know, unfortunately, again, we're here where our babies are losing their lives to these crazy people. Excuse me. And I'm asking the question, and I believe I've asked this question before because I'm pretty consistent. I'm pretty consistent. If I didn't like it today, I didn't like it yesterday, and I ain't going to like it tomorrow. Very, I'm pretty consistent. If I got a question today, Pastor Shaw, and I had that question yesterday, and I have that question tomorrow. You have, you know your children. Let's, let's talk about you as a mama. You know your children. Do you think you would know whether your child could possibly do this thing? And all this child showed you were these flowery things that they were about. And when, when, when you heard something like this, you'd be completely blown away. Not my child, not my child. <laughs> you know, it's so crazy because, well, for myself, yes, I knew my children when I went to school. And they would say, because I got one that talked like a mama, just constantly talked. Um, <laughs> and... She would say, Ma, I wasn't talking. I was like, yes, you do. I know you do. And, um, but I, you're right. You know your kids. But the difference is between now and then, see, I was in my kids' business. They didn't close no doors, wasn't nothing hidden. Nowadays, you know, when these parents get on there and, oh, I, my son was the greatest, and my son was this, and my son or my daughter, you know, and I say the same thing, Pastor Steph. You ain't know that they was cutting up a cat, and you ain't know that it was a bomb in the basement and a gun in the room. So my thing is you thought about it but didn't want to accept what it was, and you turned your head. And then my thing, too, is, when they come in with the drugs and all of that, and I, my my son in the, in the house, I didn't know it was in there. He paid you off. Where did you think he got that money from? If he ain't got no job, right. you know. So I'm with you with that. I I never could understand why they get on the TV or just people that you know general. You know, oh no, they not bad, and them kids is flipping and st- walking across your couch, and oh no. Mm-mm. You can see he's going to be a little terror. So I never understood it myself why they do that. But but that's my baby, and he's the best, especially like when you talk about all the time, sons and their mothers. He couldn't do no wrong. I, you know, I so I do hear what you're saying. I don't get it, Pastor Charlotte. You know, there was a, a mother, a young mother, because I told you the congregation has always been a young congregation, and she had three kids at this time. And the kids would be in here. You know, we had church in the house. So we would come upstairs after service, you know, so you got the furniture and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you'd see one of them doing something. So, you know, you'd say something and she'd go, so-and-so, don't do that. 
what are you do? Why are you doing that? And then she would look over and go, they don't do this at home. And I said, cut it out. <laughs> I said, what child have you ever known to, to, to come out and do stuff they don't do at home? I raised, and my, my Shantice and her were the same age. I said, girl, I didn't raise kids. Well, who are you talking to? If they flipping on these shit furniture in here, they flipping on that furniture in the house. They, they're not waiting to come out the house, Pastor Charlotte, to that bus, Brooke Wilder, and you all surprised. Oh, I didn't realize they'd flip over the furniture because they don't do this at home. Yes, they do. Just like you said, you know, when they, when you, when you found that the, the cat was dead and it could have only been that child who did it, <laughs> come on, you can't be all that twisted when you hear this stuff here. So, and she, and she, she said that a couple, I said, you're going to stop saying that up in here. I don't care where you take that, take it somewhere else, don't bring it here. Because there's no way in the world you're telling me we got to tell these kids not to do X, Y, and they weren't bad children. They weren't bad children. They were just doing what kids do. So, you know, I ain't trying to kill them, but somebody would tell them, you know, don't do that. And it's like, oh, what are you doing? They don't do that at home. I was like, you know what? You sound like some other people I know. Cut it out. (laughs) Cut it. I was so mad when she said that. My thing is, just eat it. Just eat it. You know, we come from a time where... And, I, and I'm going to go to you, Pat. I'm coming to you, um, Pastor Jeff. You know, we grew up in a time where, you know, all our parents had to do was look at us. You, you, <laughs> my, let me say something. My mother snatched me up in church. <laughs> and it was straight no joke. She snatched me up in church one time. And I was like, yo, we in church. And somebody has to pull you off me. <laughs> they the the pound we didn't they didn't play that. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. They shut up. Pastor Jeff? Good morning, good morning. Oh, good morning, good morning. How Hello? are you? Yes. Good. How are you? I <laughs> I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. You know, Pastor Jeff, we come from an era where your people only had to look at you. They ain't had to know a whole bunch of talk. And, you know, you, you know, we've heard what kind of parents you are. Yeah, you know, how you set your house straight. But do, you know, can you honestly say that, you know, you wouldn't really know your kids? Okay, so last week you talked about, I think it was last week you talked about the son took the car or whatever and how you, you know, dealt with it or whatever because you had done it yourself. But are we really surprised uh-huh. when I go out and do certain things? Well, yeah. I mean, can you really know your kids? I mean, I mean, you know, the parents that feel like they know their kids, they they just put in assumptions that they know them. But can you really know another individual? I mean, that kid is a product of you and and your spouse or whoever the other person you made the child with. And do you really know that person you made the child with? Do you really know yourself? You know, so you can't really know those children. We we could hope that they are not monsters, <laughs> but, you know, and you could raise them up to be, you know, the best people in the world, but there's stuff in them such that it's common to man. You know, they, you know, they got things in them. They got thoughts that, 
you don't have. That's why, you know, a lot of a lot of parents don't know when their children are maybe gay, you know, because they looking at them through eyes of, you know, different eyes. And not look, you know, looking at them for real. That you know, I you can't know them. I look at okay, my children sometimes and wonder what's behind those eyes. Me. That sounds different to me. Huh? That sounds different to me than okay. So you're looking at your child and you don't want to admit that they're gay. That's a little different. That's a little different because you just said they're looking at them, they're seeing it, but because their eyes are in this rosary, you know, state, they're you know not. Uh, you know, they're not seeing, quote-unquote, what other people see. Um, you know, so, no, I mean, no, that's that's why you hear me. That's why I said earlier, I told my kids I wouldn't be outside with no picket sign. Free them, free them, free them, because I can't speak for what you do when you're not around me. However, like I said, when I would go to school, like Pastor Charlotte said, when she would go to school and they start describing what your kid did, you kind of know whether your child had the propensity to do that or not. So are you saying that that's not? Because that's what I'm asking. I'm, you're, make, you're, you're, you're making the point that I'm making where I say you don't know. You don't know everything they do. But my question is, are some of the things they do really shocking? That's the question I'm asking you. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> my my kids have shocked wow. me, you know, because I look at them through different eyes. I, you know, I don't look at them, you know, I, this is my child. They can't possibly, you know, be that way. But I've seen some stuff, you know. My, my oldest daughter, one time she hurt this little boy her age because, she was jealous because she thought I liked him better than her. Okay. It really hurt him. We was, we was over in Puerto Rico, and I needed the little boy to translate for me. So, I, you know, I, I was catering to him, and he's sitting in the front seat, and she's sitting in the back seat. And then she got out the car or something, and she slammed his foot in the car. And, I, you know, his mother felt like that was on purpose. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Then come to find out my daughter didn't do it on purpose. You know, out of jealousy, out of meanness. So I didn't, I didn't know my daughter. I thought she was my little sweet little little girl. You know, <laughs> and look what she did. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. You know what, Pastor Charlotte? Let me ask you. You hear that story? You hear that story? If somebody told you that somebody, would you even say to yourself, "I'm just asking"? Because mamas think a little different than than fathers sometimes. You got a boy and you got two girls. So if you heard that, you know, that, that if that was your scenario, would you kind of be like, I wonder if she really did do that on purpose? Would that even kind of pass your mind at all? Even if you may oh, ultimately yeah. believe that, you know what, I don't think they, I don't think she did it on purpose, but I wonder. Would that be part of your thought? I would go straight to, did you do it? Because I'll be like, depending on who it is, I'll be like, I think that you did it on purpose. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you one more again, did you do it? No, Mommy, oh, I didn't do it. I'm going to say it one more time. 
I believe that you did it. Now you want to suffer and go with me to the hospital with him. <laughs> so and when he needs something, you want to take it to him because you did it. I know you did it. You know when your kid is lying. Pastor Jeff, you don't know when your children lying? I got a question. Wait, wait. So, Pastor Jeff, you never even asked? Did you ever ask her? Well, yeah. She admitted it. She, you know? And and we were old. It was just her and I over at, in those islands. And they, those people were ready to, you know, beat, beat, beat me up and her up for what she did to that little boy. And I told her, I said, girl, you're going to get me killed out here. <laughs> well, wait. At what point did you find out that she had done it? Well, how did it come out? Well, it came. It came out because once she did it, I looked in her face. <laughs> she, it wasn't. I'm sorry. It's an accident. <laughs> for you. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh my god! And after oh after I calm those people, after I calm those people down and let them know I kill all you up in this island, don't touch my child, you know. Um, I took her to the side and she admitted it. Oh my god! Huh? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I gotta ask you: How did you feel? What'd you think at that point? Who me? Yeah, you. You, you talking? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was scared because we it was just me and her black, and we were with some people we kind of hardly know, and I was afraid that I was gonna have to try to murder everybody in the island to get to get to get get my child out of there safely because she really set it off. She hurt that little boy, and you know they had to take him to the hospital for his leg. You know, I think he ended up with a little cast on and everything. So I, you know, I was, I had gotten fearful, and then when I get oh, like Lord. that and I'm in protect mode, you know, mm. I, I blacked out really. Oh my lord! I never forget. I never forget that. Me and my daughter talk about. She's 36 years old now. We talk about that to this day. What she did to that little boy. <laughs> but my thing, my question is, what did you think when when you when whenever you got an opportunity, whether it was that point or later on? And even now, when you think of Dag, I really didn't think she could do that. What do you? What 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 goes through your head? I'm just curious, because we all do. You know, we just, all do. It made me realize. It made me realize that you can't really know your children because here it is, uh, 36 years later, and something transpired between my daughter and her fiance, and I'm not believing that she did that to him. Cause that he said she did to him, and to the, you know to this day I, my mind goes back to that. But I'm on her side because she's my child. Oh, but but I don't know whether her fiance is telling the truth or not. You know. You know what? You know what? We're gonna have because to pull you to the I second, side. I second, I second guess her from that day to this day about what she's capable of doing. Uh uh uh. You know. So when the fiance said she did it, did your mind ever say, "Well, you know what? She could have done it." Did your mind ever say that? Yeah, but I didn't say that to him. 
You know, I'm back in my hey, hey, No, 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 I'm, I'm not saying you, you, you know, you, that's an inner thought. That's an inner thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not to him, yeah. not to him. Okay. Okay, wow. Wow. Pastor Jeff, you with Pastor Charlotte, y'all got some stories. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> that was a funny one. Thank you for giving me my laugh for this morning. And you and Pastor Charlotte. Thank you. All right, let's see what Pastor K.L. got to say. Good morning, Pastor K.L. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well laughing, having a having a happy time over here. Um, listen, 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 listen. How you doing over there? Well, I'm here with two eyes open. You know, I ain't like Charlotte with just one eye. I'm here with two eyes open. You know, I'm doing pretty good right here. <laughs> okay, well, you say you got two eyes open now. We're going to find out whether you really got two eyes open. So the question on the table is, when you hear these things, you know, about your children, are you the father, the parent, who goes, oh, not my kid, or were your children the type of children that if they did, or if someone told you something, you were kind of standing back like, mm, that sounds like that could be them. Which which side were you on? Listen, let me tell you something. First of all, if somebody was running out to school and say there's a fight going on in the school, I'm thinking did Brandon go to school today? So <laughs> Brandon thought it was out. So that's the first thing that's coming to my mind. I, you ain't gotta tell me who's fighting. No. I'm just thinking, did I leave Brandon at home today? Because if he went to school. That was his favorite class. He got an A in fighting. He's fighting somebody. Whether it's a teacher, whether it's one of the students, oh if there's goodness. a fight. Listen, so so when, when I hear Pastor Jeff who created Chucky and now is proud of his project and don't know that Chucky is killing people because he's saying, can you really know your child? If there was a fight in the school. I knew it was Brandon. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, oh, that, God. You know, I hear Pastor Charlotte talk about who killed the cat. There's a bomb in Gilead. I just don't understand what's going on here. You know your child. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I always think that someone, sh- period, someone shows something that could be associated with what they do, something, you know, and I'm going to be honest. We all had our first time as parents to to go, you know, you know, no, that, that don't sound like so-and-so. But when you step back and you start thinking about some things, you're like, mm, okay, that does sound like so-and-so. But I, I got a, I got a, um, I came home from, from a trip one day, and I opened up the mail, Nobody's home but me. I open up the mail, and the letter says, we're going to arrest you and put you in jail because Shantice is not attending school. What's Shantice? My Shantice ain't going to school? I know I sent her out here every day. Now, what do you mean she ain't going to school? She had, there were so many missed days. Now, here's the thing. Nobody ever told me she was missing school. So I'm like, well, how are you locking somebody up and you didn't even alert me that she wasn't that she had missed any classes? 
I ain't got no phone call. I didn't get no letter in the mail. I ain't got the smoke signal, nothing. So at that point, I do say, well, the attendance records can't be wrong all these times. Now, you know, if it was like Monday the 3rd of April, that's something a little different. But with all, I mean, they get they sent the record and all these empty things. I was like, what? Yeah, so you at that point, you're like, I can't believe this. Well, unfortunately, after that, you would never have to sell me on the possibility of her not being out of school. If she was sick, nah, I'm sorry. I know you're throwing up. Just go ahead and throw up on the way to the school. By the time you, by the time you get to the school, you be in an empty stomach. Be right. because you didn't miss too many school days to even be sick. Now, I'm sorry. You know, here, let me give you some extra paper towel. I'm gonna wet a few, stick them in a little plastic bag, wipe your mouth. Here's a little, uh, uh what you call that thing? Mouthwash. You'll be alright. You'll be. As a matter of fact, take a change of clothes just in case. You ain't gotta come back home. Be prepared. Because it's like at that point, I'm not buying anything now. Ma, I'm sick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you need me to drive you? We got wheels. I'll take you. But no, can't let her back out to school. It's you get to the point where it, it once you hear something, it it kind of keeps you on alert. So that's why when all of these school shootings happen, I'm not saying that you would think your child would go up in the school and kill somebody. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when you hear certain things, you're like, well, dang. Maybe, like Pastor Sean said, maybe that's why that door was closed up in there all that time. They was in there making a bomb, you know. Or I saw all these Amazon boxes coming in that were saying hazardous to your health. Ah! I should have thought about that thing. What are you ordering? You know, so you, you, you start putting this stuff together in your brain, and it's like clicking after a while. The, the, you know, the, the possibilities or the, 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 the questionable actions or the stuff you weren't doing. Start clicking in your brain. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, somewhere along the line. Um, so, Pastor Jeff at 36, you know, she's setting it off with the boy. <laughs> <laughs> she's setting it off. It might be just that thing that was coming back from when y'all was in Puerto Rico. Oh, my goodness. That is hilarious. Well, thank you. You know, we're going to keep these. These these families, um, this community, um, this nation, this world, uh, you know, we're going to keep them lifted in prayer because this is really something that, you know, this 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 has to stop. And, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's going to make it stop. You know, the enemy has targeted, you know, years ago, that wasn't even a consideration, you know, or if it was a consideration, it just never was carried out. Now this is what we're up against. You know, we have a, a, allowed the enemy to run straight up into our schools, and our children are not protected anymore. So we're going to, as a matter of fact, I'm going to stop a little earlier so that we can pray um, together. And don't hang up, Pastor Jeff. Make sure you stick around for the prayer um, so we can all make sure we're holding hands and holding hearts. <clears throat> Please. All right, my pastoral team, I got another story for you. So you got this Minnesota man. Who's over there? Pastor Pastor Kale, stop the typing. Minnesota man who stabbed the wife to death 
during Bible study. Now, I know some of us have a hard time focusing. <laughs> but do we really get out of sorts during Bible study? So they say they call him this deranged Minnesota man with a violent past, stabs his wife during a family Bible study at someone else's home. So this this, this woman who, um, who has Bible study over at other people's homes, she has this Bible study this particular night. Her and the husband arrive. Um, they arrive with with no incident. They say without incident. They arrive without incident, and they don't see anything wrong. Everybody comes in. Everybody's smiling. You know, they're not arguing. Now they have had. They've been known to have problems in the past, but. They're not, you know, they're not arguing now. So they they start having the Bible study, and they say that he leans over and he whispers something in her ear. And uneventfully, she responds to him. They're sitting together on the couch. She, you know, turns and she responds. And the next thing they know, after the whispering, he jumps up, and he just starts stabbing her in her torso, in her chest, in her arms. And, you know, they instantaneously, you know, jump up and they pin him down and, um, you know, hold him till the cops get there. And his brother is actually there attending the, um, the Bible study. And, you know, he says, listen, I know they were having marital marital problems, but nobody knew it was to that degree. So here we are again where, you know, someone, you know, is jumping up out of quote-unquote nowhere. And I had this story from the other day, even before this, I had this story from Sunday. You know, so I had no idea of Monday's occurrence, but I'm looking at even the connection um, and, and going to the question that Pastor Jeff asks, you know, do you really know anybody? Pretty much, not just your kids, but do you know anybody? So now he, you know, he has, now, now here's the thing. Let's, let's go with what Pastor Charlotte was saying and what I was saying and what Pastor K.O. was saying. They says that, excuse me, he has eight prior felony convictions, including one first-degree assault. He has one for a second-degree assault, possession of a firearm by an ineligible person. What in the world does that mean? And second-degree burglary. They say the second-degree assault conviction was for beating the apparent mother of his child with a hammer, causing substantial bodily harm. Now he faces up to 40 years in prison if he's convicted. Now I'm sure that's because of his, um, you know, right. Pastor Jeff, 
I'm blaming Pastor yes. Kel for the tacking, and that's you over there, tacking, 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 tacking. So I'm you have this, <laughs> you have this man, because I, I start shutting mics off so I can do a process of elimination, and you over there, tacking, 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 tacking. So listen, you have this man, because you got the first leg on this one. You have this man who has all of these priors. Now, one of the priors is for an apparent attempt or an apparent action against the mother of his child with a hammer. Now, do as a spouse, as a recent spouse. So if Lady Nicole had, you know, a, a charge against her for attacking her first husband or first baby daddy with a hammer, would you think that you're safe? <laughs> <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> I, I don't think if I knew that, I don't think I would have married her. Oh, my God. You know, okay. She'd okay. have to give me a really pretty good excuse like he tried to kill her. But if it came out that she attacked him, you know, with a hammer, I mean, I'd be a fool to think that I'm going to sleep next to a person that's, you know, capable of that. Okay. All righty now. Pass the KL. You know, I'm, 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 I'm looking at this scenario here, and we're reading. All, now, they don't say how long they've been married. I was trying, or at least I missed that so far in the, um, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so the two of them have been legally married for a couple years, and they started living together. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, they have been married for a couple years. So that means that all of this stuff that I just read, this ain't happened in a couple of years. Hmm. Do you think you'd be safe? Listen, if I was introduced to you and your first name was Bob and last name was The Builder, no, nah, I don't think I'd be safe. I don't think I'd be safe at all. First of all, when, when, when he whispered in her ear, he whispered, it is finished. Remember me in paradise. You know, I, I, I would not be with, with someone with, 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 with priors. You know, with, with priors, anything. I don't care whether you kill somebody. I, I, don't, I don't care whether you hurt somebody. If you got a prior, it's still in you. So no, no, no. If I gotta sleep, if I gotta sleep in the next bedroom and we marry, so we can't because I'm scared to sleep in the bedroom with you. No, that's a problem. Mm, all right, all right. Well, Pastor Charlotte, should we be praying for you and Elder? Is that what you you got one open? <laughs> 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 oh yes. You over there with one eye open. You know, said I can't sleep. You know, let me check the name of this perpetrator here. So all jokes aside, you know, this is see, this is what I'm you know, again, my thought goes when I'm reading this this thing here and I'm like, Okay, he's got all these priors. Now, you didn't do all of this you know, probably in one shot. <laughs> and then when it says that you, you know, hit the, the your, your child's mother in, you know, with a hammer, 
and all of this kind of stuff, am I really going to trust you as a woman that you're not going to do this to me? Me? Absolutely not. Because he will try it. But then you have some that will say, oh, well, that was her. It would never happen to me. Yep. But yep. me? No, because now, remember the um, movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith? That's where we'll be. You remember know. that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you before you get me. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> Pastor Charlotte. Ch- we gonna lift you up prayer when we lift up everybody. Please. Please. Oh, Please. My goodness, gracious. oh my goodness, gracious. You know, here's here's I'm 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 in agreement with all of you. But I'm gonna show you something how we really can't trust people. If the word of God does nothing for you, there's no conviction, there's no nothing. You know, there's no, you know, some, something that makes you think, you know, this is their regular activity. Remember now, she's the one who hosts the Bible study. She's just hosting it at someone else's house. And this is something that you do while Bible study is going on. And I'm not saying that I'm, like, surprised. That's not my point. My point is, if you're actually sitting there listening to the Word of God and ain't nothing changing you, because we all were at a point where the Word of God actually did something. It pierced our heart. It actually did something to us. Because no matter how much God is calling us, we still have to answer. So you're sitting up in Bible study, and there ain't nothing changing you. That you're so out of sorts that you're going to commit this crime during the Bible study. Then then you know, then, then it's safe to say, nah. You know, and Pastor Charlene, you're right. I've heard of many a women say, you know what, that was their relationship. That, that was them. You know, I didn't do to him what she did to him. You know, when you think about, you know, she did this and she did that. And she, you're only hearing one side of that story. You don't know what happened. And now this is where we are, where we're, where we're, you know, it's just like when other people walk up in the church and, you know, they're, 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 they're attacking the pastor or they were, they had the church shootings, you know, where the guy came and sat through Bible study and ended up shooting the people. I think that was in Carolina, one of the first time we ever heard of, you know, a shooting during Bible study or right after Bible study. So it, it, this this is just a lot. A lot to absorb, but we have to be very careful, like you said, like you all have said, watch the bouncing ball. Watch the bouncing ball. All right, I got another one, and this will take us straight into our prayer time. So, out in Kenya, there's a pastor who was found hanging from, I guess they call it a wardrobe. What's, what do we call it? Oh, my goodness. We don't call it a wardrobe here necessarily. An armoire. We call it an armoire. Was found hanging, supposedly, from an armoire by her ex-boyfriend, who's a gospel singer. 
Oh, my goodness gracious. So here's the deal. He shows up at the police precinct or the hospital, one, with her body. He brings her So he supposedly finds her like this. She then hung herself. He takes her down, and he takes her. He removes the corpse, and he brings her to the police. And he explains to them that I found her hanging from the wardrobe. So now they're like, uh, first of all, since when do we remove people from the scene of the crime or the scene of an accident? We don't. He literally put her in his car and drove her. To the police precinct. Now, they're saying they're still trying to put all these pieces together because it just doesn't sound right. He says that she came over to bring him one of his suits. <laughs> but they think that he, that she went over to his house to actually discuss their relationship. That hadn't been going so well. Because remember now, this is supposed to be the ex. So they say that they had been having some issues and they had not known one another for very long. But, you know, she was hoping to have a word. They believed that somebody said that, you know, hoping that she was, you know, that she was hoping that they could possibly, you know, get themselves together, you know, back together. So he claims that she also came over because she wanted to help him clean up around the house and do some laundry. So he said he left the house to run some errands, and while he was out, he tried to call back on her phone, but she never answered. But when he got back to the house, he found her unconscious, and she had used a bed sheet and tied it to the frame of the whatever, and hung herself. Now, whatever this wardrobe was supposed to be, this I'm looking at this picture. Now, whether you were 150 pounds or 990 pounds, your weight wouldn't be held. You know, you would have to really go to something strong that could actually hold your weight that would allow you to be hanged. We all know that if you you know, hang yourself, and it's not on something sturdy, everything is coming down. You're hitting the floor. You have no chance to hang or die. So he said he removed the pastor's body um, from the scene in order to seek aid from authorities. (laughs) Uh, So they took him and they put him in custody, (laughs) and they're trying to figure out what happened to this woman. Now, Since then, you have other, her family and friends have been calling, telling them, the police, that they do not believe this story, that they have been feuding over money, that um, one of the sisters said that she was fearful of him and he had threatened her to keep him from having to repay her 
a loan that he had taken from her. And so when they tell him, you know, well, listen, these people are saying that this is, you know, what could have possibly happened, that you two were feuding, there were some money issues between the two of you, you she had lent you some money, so now, you know, there's some war going on as to whether you're going to repay this money or not. And he was like, my God will come through and justice will break, you know, and and help me to become free. Um, You know, this is a trying time for me, and I will not go down by the designs of the devil since all that God started in my life will never suffer and will surpass evil designs. Wow. All right, Pastor KL, you got the first leg on this one. What does it sound like to you? It sounded like it was some fishy business. It sounded like he was very, very, very involved in in this killing. I mean, stuff 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 was too obvious. You know, we always say that if it sound like a duck and walk like a duck and quack like a duck, quack quack is a duck. You know, so yeah, I, I I think I mean, first of all, no one moves bodies. You know, on crime scenes, no one touches bodies. But the last thing I want to do is touch your body because now my fingerprints are on you. So that's the last thing I want to do. I, I I want you to I want you to see them as they were. You know, I mean, you've already you you you've made yourself already a, a leading suspect by touching the body, by moving the body. I mean, why would you do all this stuff? And as you say, you know, with the pictures that you see, how could you hang? I I, I was trying to visualize the amwar, and a lot of amwars I'm taller than amwar. So how could you hang yourself from an amwar? I, I just, you know, certain things just is not coming together for me. So, yeah, I, I think he was all a part of it. Mm, okay, okay. Pastor Charlotte, what say you? Uh, I was thinking the same thing because it's nothing that is where you can hang over. It would, You would have to bring the sheet around the back and you can't do that because there's nothing like a, a a bar or you know something to that effect or even like sometimes you see the people where they're on the door where that is closed because it's holding the sheet so that I thought about I also thought about um, like you said the armoire just would have fell over I thought about where that he brought her down, but your handprint is all over everything anyway. So now you're not going to see her handprints or nothing. Right. And because right. of the fact of money, we know people kill for money, you know. So even in the mix of all he said, how did he look when he came in? Why would you think to go there? Even if you took her down, which you should not have, a grand, they should have called nine one one. But why would you take her to the precinct and right. not take her to the hospital? Right, right. You know, right. even your adrenaline going and you not thinking, you would think to help her, we'll go to the hospital. So it's like right. you know, right there, just lock him down because he lying. It, it's, it's nothing else. It's just straight out. We already know. Go to jail, straight to jail. Don't turn to the left, right. Just stay there. <laughs> you know, Pastor Jeff, 
I don't care what country you live in. We done all seen something. We all know that when we step onto the scene of a crime, whatever you do, you don't touch a thing. And, you know, my thought was when Pastor Charlotte was saying, I had to go back and read just a minute ago because I I couldn't remember whether he went to the precinct or whether he took the body to the hospital. Because in my brain, you took the body to the hospital because, like Pastor Charlotte said, why am I taking you to the precinct? Does any of this sound fishy to you? I mean, it's clear as day. The man killed the, killed the man. I mean, <laughs> It don't take a rocket science to figure that out. He killed her because, you know, and it was, it was, he didn't plan to kill her. And then so he didn't have a plan. And so, you know, his stupid brain told him to take her to the precinct, whatever, whatever. But she didn't hang herself. She, Mind you, she was a pastor. And chances are, you know, you know, we pastors believe that if we kill ourselves, you know, we probably not gonna make it to you know, make it in the kingdom. So she didn't kill herself. Okay. He killed her and then now he's trying to cover it up. I mean it's it's clear as day and then if he didn't do it, just being stupid, he should get locked up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> taking the body down and taking it to the precinct. I mean, come on. I'm gonna leave that body right there and I'm gonna show right. you all she did this herself. Mhm. <laughs> Absolutely. We already messed up when he said, you know, going back to the, or or just kind of confirming what you said, Pastor Jeff, where it's like, you know what, listen, it's clear as day. All of you have said it, said it to my brain. All of you listeners, excuse me, are probably saying the same thing. You know, first of all, you said that she came over, y'all were broken up, but she came over to bring you a suit. Then you say she came over to help you clean your house. Listen, 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 listen. It, all of that ain't going on. Some it's either she didn't did one, she's doing one or the other. If she's you know bring you a suit, so you're officially my ex. But I got your suit, and the way you make it sound as though you know they're suits. You know not to bring me my things that I left over at her house before we broke up. No, she came over to bring me a suit. Like, y'all still doing stuff, but this is the ex. And I do know, you know, you got to have some remnants of things going. Everybody don't break up the same way. But you then flip the script and say, well, you know, she came over. She, she, she came over to clean my house, help me clean my house. I had to run errands. Now, see, I have a problem with that. Pastor Charlotte, you got the first leg on this one. Now, we didn't broke up. I'm coming over to help you clean your house while you run errands? Am I the new maid? <laughs> First of all, I ain't coming to clean. Anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> More or less than you running some errands, and I'm with you. And you already said, you owe me money. I don't owe you money. So if I owe you money, I might say, well, I'll come clean, and now that take off my bill. You owe me money. <laughs> not. I'm not cleaning. <laughs> ah, all right, Pastor Jeff. Have you ever, you know, in your in 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 your former life, you know, you break up with somebody, you know, the leftovers, you know, the 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 stuff that just kind of drags on, 
you know, we still, you know, we may not be sexy, but we still, there's still a little remnant of stuff. You know, I'm going to do her a favor. She's going to do me a favor. Was that kind of like your thing? Yeah, all the time. I never really <laughs> cut oh, off no, nobody off. Wow, that, really? That, 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 yeah, that, you know, I've had exes come over, clean the house, you know, or we still having sex, you know, it, and they're the, and they're the ex, and they know they're the ex. I mean, so I can understand stuff like that, you know. I didn't cut people off till I got married, you know. Okay. So, wow. You know, wow. For years, wow. For years, I've had I've had exes in my life, you know. Wow. 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 But still behaving as though you were together. Yeah. I mean, okay. you never really cut them off. They're convenient. You know, oh. convenience thing. All right, ladies. Y'all listening. Listen, listen, listen. Pastor KL, in your former life, you know, did you have the same arrangement like Pastor Jeff? In my former life, I was a fat lady. You know, they said it ain't over to the fat lady thing. So, yeah, I've had a whole lot of um, exes in my life that, you know, came in and out, and we were exes. Uh, we, we we all left on, on good terms. I mean, I, I actually, some of my exes, we worked out better being exes than we did in relationships. So there was no commitments. So, yeah, okay. It worked out oh. very, very well. I, I, I look forward to being an ex. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, my God. Can I ask a question? Sure can. Lord Jesus. My Lord question Jesus. is, fellas, that's right, that's right, that's right. Here I come to the both of y'all. So here we go. My question is, if you want to continue to do the same thing, why are we at? Ding, ding, ding. Well, okay. Let me ask that. Did he say because it feels good? Okay, wait. Both of y'all fucked at the same time. I did hear what Pastor Jeff said, but I didn't hear what Pastor KL said. So being that Pastor KL was the last one to talk, we coming back to you, Pastor Jeff. Pastor KL, what's your answer to Pastor Charlotte's question? Because there, there's no, there's no commitment. There, there's nothing that that I have to commit to now. Now, if we do it, we do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to say. Well, you know what? I really shouldn't do it. it it's not going to be a moral thing anymore because you understand that I'm your ex. You know, you understand that that there's no commitment between you and I, and yet you want to continue to do this. So now you can't be mad when you see me with Tanya, or when you see me with Sharon, or when you see me with Gloria, because you understand that we are not together. This is just a booty call. Wow. Okay. So let me respond to you before Pastor Jeff comes, because I'm going to get him too. So my thing is, if you did, if that's what you wanted, you should have just said that and let me make the choice, and we didn't have to be an ex. Like I said before, way before, don't hate the player, hate the game, boo, because I might not want to no, 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 but, but, but you're wrong, because in the beginning, this is what we wanted. You know, we wanted to be together, and we saw that it was best of us being friends. Now, listen, at this point, I still gave you the choice because now you know that we are the ex, and you're still going on. So, so you, you, you've taken the choice, 
as an ex, that means you can go your, your own separate way. But when you decide to stay and still play the same, still play Monopoly and hope you get Boardwalk and Park Place, then that's on you. Okay, go ahead, Pastor Jeff. Your turn. I'm coming back though. Your turn. I got one more thing I want to say. I'm gonna say the book. Chirp, chirp, chirp. When the pressure is off, when the pressure is off the relationship, a lot of times mm-hmm. I'm talking about this is me living in my sin. I mean, not bring God in. When the pressure is off, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. then the fun begins. You know, I I now don't have to worry about lying to you. I have to worry about you seeing me with nobody else. And and we really can have fun now. There's no pressure there. And and then a lot of times they were the exes, they were the ones that stuck around, you know, so it was convenient because they wouldn't leave. So then if I needed somebody at 3 a.m., somebody at, at, at 12, you know, lunchtime, they were there. They wouldn't leave. And then they would keep doing whatever friends benefits. You know, they, you know, they would go get my, my, my dry cleaning for me. They would go do this for me, and they, and they wanted to do it. So if they wouldn't leave and they want to do this, why would I stop them? But that's why they become crazy, because we are going to think that it can change. That's what a lot of women will think, that it could change. And now, I agree with you because I had a lot of crazies. <laughs> Now, in the, in the defense of the men here, I know some women, and I'm sure you do too, Pastor Charlotte. You know, we know women where it's over, but she can't let go. And, and, and that's always my question. So now you go ballistic when you, you both, and, and, and I understand exactly what Pastor K.L. is saying because it started off where we're in a relationship. We both decide later this ain't working. So we may not talk for a couple of days. Now somebody making a phone call. Most times it's us. Most times it's us who's hanging on, and they're going to play the game. The men are going to play the game. They see you not. If she's willing to pick up dry cleaning, if she's willing to come home and clean your house, just like we said, you and I both said, Pastor Charlotte, we ain't coming over to clean no house. It's over. It's over. First of all, I'm gonna clean, I probably won't clean your house when we are together. Because I got my own house to clean. I know they have my own, I always have my own house. So I am not leaving my house to come clean your house. That's not happening. We all grown. I'm not visiting you if I have to clean your house. So already we got a problem. Now, we have broken up for whatever the reason is. And a lot of women have difficulty letting go. So you think they are gonna not, not going to stick around? If they know they can pick up that phone at 2 a.m. and ring you and hear you come off, they say, you know what, what you doing? Oh, we know that phone call. What you doing? Mm, okay. First of all, if the phone is ringing at 2.33, you already know what the deal is. She's sticking what? around. So just like you said, now at, we at a point where she's losing it. Whose fault is that, though? Whose fault is that? You have just walked into that. Because you should have let go when it was over. It was over. You should have let go. And that's the problem. So oh, they're going to play the game. Oh, they're, oh, they're going to eat that up. They're going to eat that up. If she's willing to pick up laundry, cook dinner, act like she's the wife because she knows her role, then that's fine. 
but you can't fall up out of that road. Now, Shantice has said right here on this broadcast several times, she said some women are in it the same way the guys are. They don't care about Absolutely. no attachment. They don't care about no attachment. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to be attached either. Remember, I think it was last week when we did the um, the secrets, you and, and, and Tamika, one of the secrets was, you know, they're afraid of commitment too. Well, they don't want commitment either. So, you know, in their defense, psh, yo, if it works, if it ain't broke, why fix it? We exes, and like they said, the pressure is off. You can't say nothing to me now. So how are you going off? Because I've seen women go off. I'm like, yo, you knew the deal. You stuck around. That was dumb. So, yeah, you're right, Pastor Charlene. The women go off. But why? Why? You set yourself up for that one. You set yourself up for that one. You stick around. Now you see him with Sharon and Mary and Jane and Lou, and you done ran into them at the movie. You done ran into them at the theater. You done ran into them, into them at the park. You done ran into them at the restaurant. Now you mad? Go get yourself a John, a Joe, and a, and a Bob. I'm not, listen, I'm not, that's not Pastor Steph talking. That's not my advice, but you get my point. You know, go you, go do you. So, I, I, th- th- you know what? She did that. She did that to herself. So, oh, well, eat it. When you, Ladies, you have heard these men speaking. Now, this is from their former life. I hope that we are listening and we are taking note of the reality of it, that if you are broken up, then be broken up. You know, just like they said, it works. It works. And, you know, and, and this is the way sinful people think. Well, they ain't too far from being some of these Christian people. But, you know, this is the way people, you know, uh, people, non-Christians think. Listen, it, the, the, the playing field is open. So, all right, let's level the playing field. So, woo, has this been a conversation? Well, thank you, Pastor Charlotte, for your subsequent question. And thank you all for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, please. You well. please don't hang up. We're going right. to have prayer. We're going to have prayer now for our, you know, for our schools, for, you know, the families for all the people that are affected, for all of us who are sitting as bystanders, you know, just hearing about this stuff here. You know, it's God's people who have got to really hold hands and hold hearts for this world. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you and we thank you. We want to thank you just for breathing the breath of life into our bodies, dear Heavenly Father, and giving us an opportunity to see a brand new day. Lord, we know from the news that everybody can't say this this morning. And we're not just talking about just a natural way of living. We're talking about, again, this heinous, despicable, thoughtless, careless, heartless act of going into a school where there are just innocent children, um, adults, 
who have nothing to do most times with the situation that's going on with that individual. And now here we have again six lives that have been taken from us. And, Lord, I say us because we are all brothers and sisters in this world. We are all your children. We are humanity. And, Lord, we are just aching, aching as a world. And, Lord, I always ask the same question. Why are these people so mad? And we understand, God, as long as the enemy is the prince of this world, that there will be utter chaos all around us, God. And we're lifting up every family member that's affected, the community, the other children who heard the gunshots or who had to run out of the school, that this would never um, happen years ago. We we, We didn't know this when we were growing up. We didn't know this when we were raising our children, God. But the enemy knows, the enemy knows that his time is short. So there is, I mean, just a level of utter chaos because we have also simultaneously said, we don't want you. We don't want prayer in the school. We can't mix state and church. Well, guess what? It's already mixed up. It's already blended. One in another. And Lord, Lord, we're reaching out to you this morning. We're calling on you, God. And we're thanking you, first of all, that there were not more casualties. That, however, it ended up stopping at just six with, with two assault rifles and a handgun. So there was preparation to do much damage. So we're going to thank you for the lives that were spared, God. We understand that your Bible says in all things we ought to give you thanks. And we thank you, God, for what wasn't done. Lord, we just, we're just coming before you because we, we can speak to you. We can speak to you openly and freely, dear Heavenly Father. And because there are other people here that don't know you, there are other people that are refusing you, there are other people that just they'll have no conversation, but we do. We do, God. Our relationship draws us closer and closer to you, God, that we can lift up these families and this situation, God, and we can put it right in your bosom. We want to thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for all the other attempts that could have possibly have been planned, but you didn't allow it to be carried through. Well, you know, I talked about how we prayed last year, and that very, very week, the school shooting took place, and we're thanking you, God, because it could have been worse yesterday. We're thanking you, God, and we're asking you, God, that you continue to thwart the enemy, that more and more people would be just interested in who you are, that more and more people would answer your call. Our people, the people that you call um, by name, who have said they've answered you, would step up, stand tall, because we've got work to do. We don't have time to be playing around. We don't have time to have our heads buried in the sand. 
our children are being murdered. Our sisters and brothers are being murdered. They don't have to be our next-door neighbor for us to ache over this situation, God. We thank you because it hasn't hit home. And we're just begging you, God, to just bring this to an end. You can, but we don't want to go against your will, God. But we're going to ask that no more lives this way. And, Lord, we we can't pray for, for, for Audrey because she's gone already, God. But we'll pray for her family, her mother, her father, who could have possibly been very good parents. But we can't always control what our children do. No matter how much we pour into them, God, that they're still affected by this world. So that's why, God, we on this broadcast we talk about praying with our children, teaching our children to pray, introducing our children to Christ, training up our children in the way that they should go because they're going to need to have these things just embedded in them so when they get older and they're out there in the world, they would not fall victim to behaviors like this, to thoughts like this. So, Lord, we know her family is aching as well. So we ask you, God, to just cover, cover everyone who is involved, everyone who is affected, God. We pray for our teachers, dear Heavenly Father. They don't know what they're going to face from day to day and moment by moment as they're in these schools. To teach our children We pray for the faculty God We pray for the entire faculty Because they all Are are potential victims We pray for our children Who all they All they did God was get up to go to school That morning And they didn't come home They didn't think this was going to happen In school We're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to just touch the lives of the administrators, to touch those politicians, God. Put these prayers back in school, God. But in the interim, as you're working on that, I'm going to trust you're working on that, God, that we, we won't just be bystanders, that we will hold hands and hold hearts and encourage our teachers to walk in that school with a prayer on the tip of their lips, that we will teach our children to walk into these schools with a prayer on their lips. Because as long as we say, Lord, Jesus, God, Savior, Redeemer, all this has been designed to to make the enemy flee. So, Lord, whatever it is they need to do, let let it be done. We know some teachers have lost jobs because they've taken a stand for you. But, God, we're asking that you raise raise them up anyway, that they don't worry about their job, that they walk in there with their heads held high, doing what you need them to do, calling on you, God. And that these parents would understand that we need a savior, that we are sending our children out here every day into a world that is ridden with sin and pain. 
And we don't know if we're going to see our babies again. So, Lord, we're asking that you just reconcile all of this, that a change would take place from last night, from yesterday, that everybody who has the ability to make the change would see that this change needs to be made and that they would begin to move. Long gone the day that we just sit down and hope that things change, that we can be change agents in our own way, that we look to you for whence cometh our help, because we know if we continue to call on your name, you will send us the help, that you will give us the help, because your, your word says you don't want to see any of us perish. Oh, we give you the glory and the honor today, and we thank you for the ability to even come to you, God, that every every single person would leave this broadcast and would continue to pray for our schools, our teachers, our children, and all parents. Because the war is on. But if we put on that full armor of God, if we put on that full armor, there's nothing we can't do because we have you right beside us. Thank you. Thank you for answering this prayer. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging on and uh, being a part of our prayer. You know, it's, again, you know, these are things that we never had to worry about um, years ago. You know, when we, we when we sent our children to school, we just had to worry about, you know, did they look, you know, both ways before they crossed the street? If they, you know... Um, you know, some pedophile came and, you know, uh, snatched them up or, you know, don't talk to strangers and don't take anything, you know, from someone that you don't know. Don't take no candy from nobody. You know, those are the things that we thought of. We never thought that they would be sitting in a school building where we thought that they were protected. And this, this is the stuff that, that, that you know, would happen. We we are really, 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 you know, facing times where things have changed. And we can't continue to function the way we did yesterday. You know, we're going to have to operate differently. The enemy, he's increasing it, his stuff. He's switching up. When we looking to the left, he coming from the right. When we looking up, he looking down. He's operating from below. So we're going to have to make sure that we stay in this word. We're going to have to make sure that we encourage one another. We're going to have to make sure that we're praying together. We're going to have to make sure that we are worshiping together. We're going to have to make sure that we are reaching out and we are doing more community work. Because everybody ain't walking up into the church building. We're going to have to get out there. We're going to have to talk to our neighbors. We're going to have to talk to our family members. We're going to have to continue to invite these people to church with the hopes and prayer that something they may hear will change their minds, will change their concern, will help them to understand that, (laughs) 
we, we fight by ourselves when we don't know the Lord. And we don't have much power alone. We can't do anything really by ourselves. We're going to have to make sure that we are just grabbing on to the hem of his garment because we're going to need every ounce However we can get to the Lord, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to grab him. We're going to have to grab him, whether it's by the collar, the hem of the garment, by the sleeve, whatever. We, we're going to have to grab on to Jesus because this, 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 this here, this, this is wickedness and evil at its best. Where our young people don't even look out for the kids. You know, we ran into one of the, the school safety, and I asked him, I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 26. And he said, I've been here for four years. I asked him how long he had been there. He said, I've been here for four years. I said, oh, you're a baby. I said, you're best at this job because you can identify with them. And he said, yep. He said, I look at this, and I'm like, mm, this all starts at home. And I said, this is why God's people need to be everywhere. This is why God's people need to be everywhere so that we can help and we can pray and we can reach out and we can touch someone in a special way. Unlike those who don't know God, they can do their part, but we have a special part to do in these lives. Let's make it happen. Now, tomorrow is too late. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, my pastoral team, for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Oh, please do not miss this opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now, because later is not promised to us. Oh. Until tomorrow, where is Wow Wednesday, God spare our lives. Until then, I love you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 